Welcome to Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet, or anywhere. Welcome, it's nice to be back. I'm your host, Megan. I am also your host, Joe. And we're very excited to be back doing a podcast after taking a two-week hiatus. I don't know what I did with myself without Loinlander. I don't know how you got through it either. Um, So today we're going to be talking about episode 306, titled A. Malcolm. It was written by Matthew B. Roberts, who we're all familiar with, and it was directed by Norma Bailey, who has never directed an episode of Outlander before, but she is a Canadian film director. Good for her. Shout out to Canada. Oh, Canada. And I think that it's... um, I think that it's great that they selected a female director for this episode. They also had a wonderful female director for the wedding episode, and there's certainly parallels between this episode and the wedding episode, which we'll get into later. Um, But anyone who knows anything about Outlander knows that this was a highly anticipated episode. Yeah, uh, it was highly anticipated, (laughs) and instead of... Personally, instead of calling the episode A Malcolm, I would have called it a really long episode. It was. Because that's what it was. It was a really long episode. But I know that a lot of people were really waiting for all the stuff that this episode delivered. That's correct. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of people were. Um, I think that, I mean, we can just go ahead and say that... Um, you were disappointed in the episode. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, this set a new level for me being being disappointed in an Outlander episode. <laughs> it's like, sometimes you're like, you know, you're like, you couldn't possibly disappoint me anymore, Outlander. And Outlander's like, hold my beer. Well, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> let's see what I can do. Um, so, so yeah, so this was, this was a good one. So okay, let's, so let's get into, let's get into the beat by beat. By good, I mean not good. <laughs> anyway. So, totally different from, from, from the norm. This was a cold open. It was a cold open, yeah. That's the so, expression you told me. That, that when is, they yeah, just start yeah. without the title that, cards, that, it, a cold open. That's called a cold open, that's cold right. Open. So it was a cold open. We start with uh, Jamie getting his neckerchief tied by a woman who was not Claire Fraser Randall. No, Malcolm. and... Kind of, kind of cute because later on you learn that you know you see the what is it a neckerchief getting kerchief, yeah, a kerchief getting tied up and Claire is the one that's going to be undoing it and of course Jamie would have no idea at that point but we learn very quickly that this is the same day as we've already seen from Claire's perspective except that this is Jamie's perspective which I love I love that we get Jamie's perspective of when Claire. Yeah, with a little the, bit of buildup. So totally. And the thing that I like about it is, in Claire's version, it's a journey, it's a conquest. And at the end, she hears his voice, she sees him, and she succeeds. But in Jamie's version, this is a Thursday. This is a Thursday, and she, she kind of uh, the encounter is more of an interruption for him. Yeah, it <laughs> like kind of f's up his life a little. It bit. really does, and it seems much more jarring from his perspective like when you're watching it from Claire's perspective it's like there he is this is amazing yeah. they're finally getting... when you watch it from his like, what the deuce you're like what yeah um anyway so when it first opens and you see that French lady tying up his necktie you said is this Jamie's new lady friend that's right because he gives her a coy look but you pointed out that Jamie gives a lot of women coy looks yeah, he's a big coy looker uh, but she did seem, um, let's say, familiar. They do seem with familiar Alexander with each Malcolm. other. Yeah. So he goes into the print shop, and on his way, he stops at his sign and he wipes the A from his sign. I don't know if you noticed this, I did but not. it's really, it's a little nod to all the viewers who know that in the previous episode, when Claire goes up, she touches that exact spot. 
just a few hours later. So he's wiping the A, and in a few short hours, we know that Claire is going to come and touch that same A. So they are very connected, despite the centuries. Just when I thought we couldn't get any more cornball, you throw a little more corn on the ball. Good job. um, Uh, Speaking of cornball, sorry, I'd like to stop a little bit, and I'd like to talk about when we actually did see the title card. Or no, wait a minute, it comes after that. We're not there yet. Yeah, no problem. So he... Goes into his print shop, and there are two Scottish men who at first it looks like he's going to attack because he doesn't know who's in his yeah. print shop. You were upset that the door was unlocked. Yeah, I didn't really understand. He didn't seem to, like, he seen the door was completely unlocked, which seems out of character for a shady gentleman like Alexander Malcolm, yet was then surprised when there rustling. were people inside, yeah. and he pulled out a knife, and he was ready to kill, but he had no, it was like, oh, door's open, that's fine. Anyway. Yeah, you were like, why isn't, why wasn't his door locked? Anyways, so there are two men with very thick Scottish accents. Mm, they called them McDo. Right. So I'm not entirely sure who these men are, but I know that his name was McDo in, in the prison. Near prison. Yeah, so. so I can only assume that these are two men that he helps out periodically because they were in the prison with him. Not Murtaugh. I know, not Murtaugh. And no sign, like no word of Murtaugh right. in this entire episode. That's a good point. That's right. You'd think it would be one of the first things he said besides, mm. I want to kiss you. Also, one of your best friends is still alive, he might have mentioned. That's right. I, well, okay, well, we'll get into that. So, Jordy, we, we meet Jordy with, mm. with the goiter. The he, infamous Jordy from infamous, last episode. Right. He has a goiter, and everyone's making fun of him. And he seems like he really doesn't want to work for Jamie. A, he seems like a dick. He does. And when Jamie's like, do you mind going and doing this and this? He's like, do you mind in the future telling me the night before so I can get it yeah. on my way in? So, I don't know if he's like an indentured servant. Like, he said, I have to be here, but I don't need to take the shit from your friends. And it's like, so I don't really, I never really got the impression of why, is it just he has to be there because it's his job? Because later in the episode, he didn't really seem that yeah. worried about quitting. Uh, but, but Jamie's uh, obviously his boss, but when he says that kind of bitchy comment to him of, why don't you tell me yeah. the night before, Jamie just totally ignores him and just turns his back. and Jamie just kind of takes it in general, so I don't really know. Uh, but, but yeah, that whole character was a little confusing to me. I don't really understand what his deal was. There's a lot of I don't understand deal characters in right. this episode so hopefully they're setting it up for something but I don't think they are. Anyway go on. So we see Jamie start to work. He's he's printing things. He's he's printing. He's printing. He's a printer. And um, he puts glasses on and he hears the bell ring yeah. and he says is that you Jordy? And you scream take the glasses off continuity yeah. <laughs> which is something that I thought too when I first saw it. I'm like why does he have glasses on right now? If he turns around But he did and he put them in his pocket. He put them in his pocket and he turns around. Claire walks in he faints and then we get the opening. I would just like to, I'm going to roll back for a second I'm going to say that the glasses on um, Sam Hewen is to date the most effective aging up of any of the, of the two mains of any of them, Murtaugh or any, any uh, I guess we haven't seen Murtaugh yet, but um, those glasses really do add a few years they to Sam. Do. Yeah, so good, good on, I guess good on him, I don't know. But, yeah. uh, and they're old, they are old They're old man, man glasses, glasses, for yeah. sure. Yeah, they look like. But probably the only glasses you could get at the time, that wasn't really Probably. They actually look like the same glasses that Ned Gowen, which we'll get yeah. into later, wore heard, in the first he season. He got name dropped I in this know. episode. Megan's, one of Megan's favorite oh, characters. I love Ned Gowan. Okay, so Claire walks in, Jamie faints, and then we open. We have the opening, and then we have the title shot, which I thought was kind of cool. But you thought that it was self-indulgent. I thought it was lame. Well, what I said is it's. it seems like every episode now they're doing some weird self-indulgent, like I don't know if 
the production crew is just getting a little bored and they have they need to put a, a little in joke and everything but last uh, last episode it was the batman theme and this yeah, episode like it was the cute like he pulls you know, the, the, print, the, the piece the, of paper the off by credits and the by matthew b roberts yeah, yeah. And, and uh just to note matthew b roberts has that framed in his office well why wouldn't because it was actually you they were using a real old-fashioned printer yeah. to pull that up if you're going to go full self-indulgence, why not hang it on your wall? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's full Claire Randall right there. Anyway, go ahead. So then we we go back to him on the floor. He's um, dropped water on his pants. Yeah. And so when he stands up, he wants to change out of his pants. It feels like he's soiled himself, but he hasn't. But he he's hasn't. He's relieved to find out right? that after fainting, like the man <laughs> of men, he has not pissed himself, thankfully. But- right. <laughs> so he says to Claire, do you mind? Yeah. And you said, oh, he's moved on. Yeah. That was your reaction when he said that. That's right. It was a bit of slap in the, a verbal slap in the mouth. Well, and Claire Claire said, she's a little bit offended and hurt. And you can tell when she responds, she's like, well, we're married. And I just want to point something out. She left Frank for three years and came back and was acting really put off that he wanted to continue the marriage. She was gone out of Jamie's life for 20 years, 20 years. came back, and when he's like, yeah. do you mind? She was so hurt. Yeah, he kind of pulled a Claire, a Claire on him, on Claire. Yeah, except, like, let's just, bit. like, I just need a little sympathy for Frank. Like, it was only three years, and yet when oh. Frank was like, I want to continue, like, obviously you're still my wife, and she was like, what is wrong with you? I have moved on. It was 20 years that she and Jamie were apart. No, it's, it makes sense. I mean, if you've listened to 30 Seconds of Loinlander, you know that we are full Team Frank over here. So Right. I mean, we love Jamie, too. I love Jamie, too. <laughs> let's, let's not just throw out blanket statements like that. Anyway, carrying on. So then they go to the back of the print shop, and I said yeah, to you... It's got a little bed there. It does. And I said, this looks a lot like Master Raymond's shop. Yeah. from season two and I have since read that it's the same set yeah they repurposed the set makes and sense I don't like that I can tell that mm, yeah, I don't no, like that I, I, I know I've also read that they repurposed um, the set when Jamie and Claire were in France they had this beautiful apartment in France and they repurposed it for Frank and Claire's house in Boston and you would never know like that house in Boston to me looked like a house in Boston right so I love that. And I don't like the fact that when I see Jamie's print shop, it looks like Master Raymond's Yeah, you apothecary. picked up on that yeah. right away. And then when I read that I was right today, I was like, damn it, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be able to tell it's a set. Yeah, I didn't notice because I glazed over most of the Parisian elements of this show. Right, you um, didn't, but you did. I mean, you watched most of the Paris episodes, but you were glazed got for as far, sure. Got as far as I could, anyway. Um... So they go to the back. He's got like a little bed and uh, she hands him pictures of Brianna. Yeah. And he takes out his glasses and he's very self-conscious. And in fact, this is my favorite line of the entire episode is when Jamie um, gets his glasses out and acts very sort of uncomfortable and says... I'm afraid of... I'm to see how it is. Only for reading and such. It was just really sweet, and I love that he's self-conscious, and Claire immediately is like, I get it, I have gray hair, and I dyed my hair, so I totally, I understand. Like, Yeah, you that great. was a nice move by Claire to actually Admit fess it up. Immediately. It's like, I'm as old as you, yeah. by the way. <laughs> older. Claire's yeah, older fair, than yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they sit down, she shows him pictures of Brianna, 
and Sam Hewen has never been better. He's carrying himself entirely differently. He's got his glasses on, he's older, he's gruffer, and I just thought he played the scene so well. What did you think of him in this scene? In this scene, I thought he did uh, okay. I mean, the I mean, the writing takes a weird turn in this. I don't know if it happened in the book, but I thought I thought Sam Hewen played it fairly well. And when he says, when she says, I named her Brianna after your father, and he's like, oh, what an awful name for a wee lass. I couldn't tell if he was trying to be funny No, or... he thinks it's a bad name. Cause, oh, does he? Well, because Brian is a name, but Brianna, right. I think. Right, wasn't a big name no. back, in, back in the day. Yeah. Anyway, so they go through the pictures, um, and then she tells him, because there's one picture where it's her uh, grad... Right. graduation from medical school and he says so you're a doctor now you always were you know well she says i'm a surgeon right right and i think that this proves that james Fraser, 18th century man is actually a little bit more forward thinking than a lot of the men in the 1950s when I, she first enrolled in. i would say james Fraser was has always been exceptionally forward thinking right compared to the men of most times i'll give i'll give james Fraser that yeah uh, and he tells her about Willie, and you said immediately, yeah, let me like, tell you. Yeah, just jump in it, and then he tells me about Willie. Like, that was, I don't understand what, like, was that in the books? It was not. And a that's... lot of, a lot of book, re- he, she, he, he doesn't tell her about Willie until much later. And in fact, I don't even think he does. I think it's Lord John Gray, and I'm very fuzzy about the yeah, books, but it's it just... not him. And it's funny, because as soon as he said it, you turned to me and said, let me tell you, the last thing Claire wants to hear right now is about your child with another woman. <laughs> That's totally. what you said to Jamie. Yeah, like, if the other thing was a smack in the mouth, this was like a two-by-four to the face. Like, yeah. what, I don't understand, like, the character, the only motivation that he would have to do that would be if he was trying to keep a distance between the two of them, which I don't considering what happens shortly thereafter i don't really see i just it didn't make sense at all why he would like like I, another thing i said is like that is not like day one minute one of my reunion information that's like that's like day two day 22 like yeah. i don't know like oh by the way i have a bastard child with another woman like I don't really that, that and makes... you were also upset because Claire said, "Well, did you love the mother?" And he said, "No." And you're like, "You could mention that you were blackmailed, yeah, but exactly. he doesn't." Yeah, no, no. Um, so yeah, that that's a little bit jarring. But when when she says, um, "What's he like? What's your son like?" and Jamie says, "He's spoiled. He's bad tempered." But the way he's describing him, you can tell. And again, Sam Hewen, like you can tell how much he loves him you know what I mean mm-hmm. even though he's listing all the things he and doesn't like, love but you can see that like every complimentary thing he says is like another like stab to Claire like every time he says something and shows how much he loves this yeah. child that she is not the mother of it's just like uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh. yeah it was it's an it's an interesting choice I don't like, get it on one hand maybe it's because he just wants to confess all but we know he's not confessing all because there's so many indications throughout the episode that there's something going on with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was an interesting choice. I don't hate it for sure, but um, well, and at least they didn't play it ridiculously, like where Claire was just like, "Oh, that's cool. I guess he's our like, whatever." Like she was visibly shaken by it. So yeah. at least you know, even though I didn't understand why, like the character's motivation for bringing that up, at least from my opinion, they they played it right. Yeah. From Claire's standpoint. Yeah, for sure. Which is about the only thing. Yeah. So then they walk outside and 
they're, as they're walking, she's updating him on what happened to Prince Charlie. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. actually really like this because he says, so he's all right then. Yeah, he seemed and, genuinely concerned. Well, you would be you would be curious, and it's a reminder that Bonnie Prince Charlie wasn't just a legend to Jamie. He wasn't just someone to fight for. He had a relationship with him for two years, and he, I mean, he didn't love him because he knew he was an idiot, but there was genuine concern about his well-being because the last time he saw him, he was on the battlefield, right? And genuine, genuine loyalty to him and oh the Jacobite God. cause. Yeah. Um, so, and it's also a reminder to viewers who all know, like most people know that, you know, Prince Charlie escaped through the Isle of Skye, became a woman, blah, 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 but not became a woman, but disguised right, himself yeah. as a woman in order to escape. Um, but he obviously had to live in relic, relative reclusion for the rest of his life if 20 years later people don't know that he survived. Yeah, well, and Claire basically says he's not going to live a very good life from no. here on in. Yeah. And then she runs into Fergus. Yeah, it's old, a happy old reunion, Fergus. Old Fergus. And I wanted to ask you... What you thought about grown-up Fergus. I like old Fergus. I like this actor more than young Fergus. Really? Yeah, I really do. I like him. I like that she's like, you've grown up so handsome. And he's like, I, I have. I know. I, I, I know. Yeah. He's very, he's got that same, same kind of, you know, bravado that young Fergus had. But yeah, he, I don't know. I like, I, I've already got a good feeling about the actor. I do too. And this is, but this is where we get the first sense of like, that there's like an undertone of weirdness. Because he's happy to see her, but he's also a little surprised not to see her, but that they're together, and she's all like, I'm his wife, and Heidi Ho. Um, he well, seemed, and he pulls Jamie aside. He's, he's like, like, sorry, can I just talk to yeah. my lord for a minute? Yeah. Um, and he, and Fergus says, Un what about... Minute. <laughs> yeah. Fergus says, what about... And just leaves it hanging, and Jamie says, well, I don't know, but we will need to speak to Ned Gowan. Right. Which Ned Gowan is a lawyer. About the law. Yeah. Also. Divorce. Yeah. Lawyer. But I was, I squealed when I heard Ned Gowan's name. She did squeal. I was so excited. I love, love, love Bill Pattison. And I just really hope that it's not just a name mention. No. Like, I hope that we get at least one episode with Bill Pattison in it. Well, because he's obviously in town, so why wouldn't we see him? The episode of Rent in season one, when when Ned Gowan was introduced was when I realized how much I actually loved the show. I love that character and I hope we get to see him again. So then we're introduced to Mr. Willoughby. So this character, and I gave Joe a little bit of background information and all book readers know this character is a horribly represented racist depiction. Um, and I was wondering how the TV series was going to handle it. And how did you, what did you think of this character? Well, I mean, you, you get introduced to him in a brothel and there's, he's basically being accosted by a, by a He's accosting, he's accosting. No, no, she's accosting him. Oh, is she? Yeah, because she said that he licked her elbow and then didn't, didn't pay. pay. You're right. So there's weirdness there. But then the character, when they actually sit down at the table, the character himself seems fairly fine except for the whole elbow licking incident which makes you think he's maybe not 100% on the level but I think I didn't think that they played the character to be a racial stereotype it sounded like he was a poorly treated you know immigrant that came over on a boat and Jamie kind of saved him he said you know without Jamie uh, mm -hmm. you know Jamie saved my life and you know he got me to change my name because it sounded like a Gaelic curse word or a slur or something like that so I don't think the uh 
you know, Claire didn't seem to think, although Claire was pretty um, oblivious to all of the weirdness in this episode. She was. Um, maybe still stunned from finding out about Willie. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so I don't, I mean, if, if I didn't know that that character was that in the books, I wouldn't have necessarily put two and two together. The elbow licking, I don't know, but whatever. Yeah, and but. then Jamie tells him to sit and behave before he goes in. Like, he kind of, like, commands him like a dog, which I thought was a little weird. I but missed that line. we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, TBD. Yeah, TBD on that, for sure. So Jamie goes into the back of the bar, and he meets with a grumpy Englishman who wants more money, and there's some sort of transaction of money, but we don't know exactly what Jamie's selling. So what 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 was your thought on that? scene well it's supposed to be mysterious you're supposed to wonder what jamie's selling basically this guy is i don't know if he's the equivalent of a like a gangster or what his his thing mm-hmm, is or if he's mm-hmm. a lawman a magistrate but he's looking for a bribe basically yeah. jamie's doing something or or, a, or a, a payment so jamie's doing something illegal and he does pay him he jamie. does pay him but the, what the guy says but but it sounds like jamie has an arrangement where he's allowed to do his illicit deeds in a certain area and it sounds like he's this guy, whether he, whoever he is, has gotten wind that Jamie's doing it in another area, and basically he says, "Look, if you're expanding your territory, you're going to expand the amount of money you're giving me." And Jamie says, Joe, "You got so much more out of that scene." Well, yeah, because he says, it's "If a really you're really good interpretation," well, he said, "If you're if you're going to this, if you're dealing in this area, I want twenty five percent more." And Jamie said, "Well, you're going to be disappointed because I'm not, so you're not going to get the money." And so basically, You're such a good Outlander viewer. Well, I have to pay attention or fall asleep. It's one or the other. So, <laughs> so that's so. So you obviously know that Jamie's doing something shady, right? And this guy, whatever his deal is, he's somehow greasing the wheels to make it so that Jamie doesn't get caught or harder for him to get caught. Right. So, so, but Jamie insists that he's only doing. He, you know, he's he's only doing shady business under the rules that they've set out and. And he pays the guy off, and that's the end of the scene. And that's the end of the scene. And then they're taken to where we saw Jamie start the episode, and we see Madame Frenchie, as you call her, <laughs> and she throws some serious shade at Claire. Yeah. And Claire she's, throws she's Claire, it right back. Claire Randall doesn't... This is candy 2.0 to Claire. Yeah. She's like, not don't even yeah. start with me. Um, and then she takes... Jamie takes Claire up to a room right. in what is a brothel it's interesting because uh madame frenchie does throw shade at claire but also kind of calls out jamie a little bit because she doesn't like claire Mm -hmm. obviously Mm -hmm. but she also is like sorry this is your wife and you brought her here Mm -hmm. which is which implies to me that jamie has a house with a wife a real wife in it somewhere and he has brought claire to his Love shack. Well, if you're Claire, though, because in the book, when she is taken to the back of the print shop, she's happy when she sees that single bed. Because she's like, he's not with anyone. I feel like Jamie's got a few beds roaming around. I think he does. Edinburgh. I think he does have a few beds. I think that's a good way to look at it. So they go up to the room, and, you know, he closes the door, and you can just hear people having sex all around them. And she says... You live in a brothel. You live in a brothel. Claire gets real judgy. Why do you have a room in the brothel? Are you such a good customer that Mm -hmm. they just give you a room? It's a legitimate question. It's a fair question. But you can tell that even you said when she was asking all these questions and they show Jamie, you were like, Jamie's starting to feel judged. (laughs) Jamie did not like these questions. uh, Even though I think he's actually lying to Claire, he did not like the fact that she's calling him out on his lifestyle no matter what it is. And he looks at her and he says, 
why did you come back? Yeah. And you said you're, and you said you got it. You're like Jamie's like he's got a good setup. He's got his print shop. He's got a business. He's got friends. He's got a little portrait of his son that he can look at sadly all the time. He's got a room <laughs> in a brothel. Why is she messing this yeah. up and judging him? Is yeah, what he you has, said. Hasn't seen her for twenty years. She comes back and just starts ripping into his shit. It's like yeah, like what do you mean you have a bastard yeah. child and you live in a brothel? Take like, a hike, big coat, get out of here. Um, but anyways, and he says, "Do you want me now?" And she says, "Yes, right. no matter what, I want you." And then they sit down to eat, and there is narration. Yeah. Voiceover. Yeah, kind of jarringly Claire's <coughs> jarringly uh, Claire's voiceover kicks in, which yeah. and you is said, fine. It just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And uh, then so they eat and they talk about how they reminisced about their time together and filled in little blanks, just careful blanks about you know what's happened since they were together. And uh, he says, "Will you come to bed with me now?" And then we proceed to, I am not exaggerating because Joe timed it. I timed it. Spend eight minutes, which is a long time as a viewer, watching them undress. And I luckily got to watch it with Joe. So there's always, you know, extra comedy because he starts speaking for the characters. So Jamie's undressing Claire and (laughs) Joe's like... I want to let you know that I'm wearing a lot of layers and that there is some penicillin and a scalpel in here. Scalpel. So just just maybe take it a little slow. Take it slow. But we watched every single layer. Oh, and here's oh the thing. God. Katrina Balfe and Sam Hewen are attractive actors, but I don't even want to watch them undress for eight minutes. Like, it's nobody wants to watch that. And I get it. It's supposed to be, let's build up this anticipation. Like, these characters are finally together. But good God, That's like what the first five episodes were for. That was the build up and anticipation. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I just felt like, oh my goodness, like this is taking forever. But they finally kiss. They go on the bed and he headbutts her hard, which I love that scene. And she's like, You broke my nose. And he's like, No, I didn't. Like it's a really, right. really cute moment. And I think that it's so great that they didn't just, you know, reconnect and have like wonderful sex that there was like the awkwardness of kind of like not really knowing each other because then when he goes to lift her up he like pulls her hair like he lands on her hair and I just and then they kind of giggle then they start having sex and it is it is a long long sex scene and maybe gratuitous (laughs) I mean Megan actually said to me um I feel like this is softcore porn and I I I confirm that it is softcore porn. She said she's never watched it. I obviously haven't either, but I have heard from other people that that's what it looks like. Basically that's that's what it is. It just and here's the thing. Like I understand what they're doing cuz Diana Gabaldone is not a writer that closes the bedroom door on the characters. Like that's certainly a part of her writing. So I understand that they want to portray that aspect of the relationship but I do wonder if we is it is it necessary to see every single thrust involved like oh <laughs> we, and the line end? what was her line the worst no that was not the worst we'll get to the worst it wasn't you, no oh, it most well, certainly what wasn't. was the worst what was the line that I'm talking about where she said like Put it in me no. and go Joe, hard. What no. was it? It was pretty. Cl- it, no. If it wasn't that, it was that pretty the close. Worst, but we're gonna we're gonna get to that. So like, it was eight minutes and two seconds between the time they started yeah. undressing until, as you said, the weird breathing stops. Yeah, um, weird breathing. And then I and then pretend breathing through it and make it made me stop. <laughs> anyway. Yes, you were, and it was ruining the moment a little bit for me. Yeah. Um, so then 
she talks to him and says, well, you're in such good shape and you obviously, you're obviously not a printer. And he says, well, you obviously eat quite regularly, which, okay, what? No matter what she looks like, pardon? And Jamie was firing all cil- cylinders this episode as far as like weird things to bring up. It's like, well, you're in great shape. And Jamie's like, well, you haven't missed any meals. Like it's, it's kind of a weird, yeah. I don't really get that as a compliment. Really, she rolled with it. She was, I mean... She was like, yeah, no. I mean, yeah. Bangers and mash all the time. So he gets up to eat, and we learn that he smuggles liquor. We do learn a little bit of information, mm-hmm. and thank God he just, like, got up to move around in that scene for a yeah. second. Claire has not yet left the bed. Still naked, she most still in bed. certainly has not. Um, but I do need to take a moment to discuss the wigs in this season, because yeah. Jamie, to you, could you tell Jamie was wearing a wig? No. He had bad bangs, Could but... you tell that Claire was wearing a wig? I mean, she had, no, she just had big hair. How about Brianna in the last episode? Can you tell she's wearing a wig? Um, That they just stick on her head and then the two... No, but I've only ever seen her like that, so I don't know what she looks like. I've never seen a picture of her not as Brianna. I don't know. Brianna's wig is particularly bad, and I wonder why we don't just dye Sophie Skelton's hair. And then Jamie was wearing a wig, and then Claire is obviously... Katrina Balf is obviously... She was wearing a wig the whole time she had the bouffant hair, but now she's wearing a wig. And this is... This is what I'm wondering. I know when Sam Hewen and Katrina Ball were first cast as these characters, he had to dye his hair red. And in order to keep that red, he had to do it like every three weeks or something. They right. had to put the red back in his hair. And she had to get a poodle perm because Claire in the book has curly hair. Katrina Ball has long, beautiful, straight hair. Right. And I know that neither actor was particularly thrilled with that setup. And I'm wondering if now that the show is successful that they're trying to kind of pull their rank and right. be like guess what like sam hewan wants to have short blonde hair because sam Hewen's like you know what i don't want my hair to fall out because you keep bleaching it and dying it red every yeah and I, I honestly like this is this is what i was thinking when i because i was like what is going on with the wigs and i'm like i wonder if katrina boff's like i'm not perming my hair anymore yeah. and sam hewan's like i'm not dying she's it. not perming her hair i'm not dying yeah mine. like it yeah. makes me wonder and i was Maybe. thinking that when i was watching him sit there i'm like what is that wig that he's wearing? Anyways, side note. So then we go to sex scene part two. And it lasts, I mean, it's kind of a weird Is this one. where the line was? Is this where my... No, your line is coming Still up. Still not yet. Then after that, he says... Um, kind of blanked out for a lot of this. They're talking about... <laughs> they're talking about um, how she left to save Brianna. And he says, you were right to leave for Brianna. You were a wonderful mother, Claire. I know it. And I just thought that was really nice because I don't know that Frank ever told Claire she was a wonderful mother. She wasn't. That's why. There's well, Frank was there for There's sure. Kind of a reason why that's that happened. Um, and then they go to sleep, and she wakes up, and Jamie says, "Morning. I could watch you for hours." That's and creepy. you and you said, "And I have." Yeah, because Claire's got to be crazy jet lag. Yeah. There's a huge time difference. So yeah, he's probably been awake for a long time just watching her sleep. It's super weird. They talk about her being a brown hair lass. Again, they talk about the connection is still there between them. And the show, and I love these characters, the show is lagging at this point as far as I can see. We still have... Lagging for Megan, imagine what it's doing for me. Right, and like I get it. Like we want the connection. We want the relationship. Like we've got it. Let's get to the rest of the amazing plot that this that this story allows. Here's what I'll tell you. At this point of the show, I actually, I didn't say this to Megan because I didn't want her to get disappointed because I'm trying to be a good sport about this. But it's like, there was, at that about at this point of the show, it was basically, we were at the point where if it wasn't for doing this podcast, 
I would have just turned it off and walked away. No, but you knew we were going to talk no, about I, it tonight. I, I pushed through. I, I yeah. said I would, and I did. But that there was that point where I was just like, there is not... I don't have enough minutes left in my, in my life, life to I waste them to watching well, and this. And it was... It was a slow, like they were really lagging on that time. Yeah. And like, we Ooh. get it. You're connected. Your hair is brown. You still love each other. Like, let's. Right. Claire's like, still in bed, by the way. She is still in bed. Um, and then there's a knock at the door and you're like, thank Christ. Someone is coming to the door. Yeah. But Jamie says, she says, don't you want breakfast? And he says, I, I do. And they ignored. And then that's when you oh, were like, this is the worst. That was the worst line. I'm sorry. Ever. And then he goes so then Downtown. finally he she wakes up again he's like, getting oh dressed and he's like I'm gonna go she says hurry back soldier which is kind of a nice little you is know it? yeah it is because that's something that she said the first day she met him anyways just will point out that we timed it it has been at this point 26 minutes of having our heroine our main character lying in bed yeah I could use 26 minutes. Of having the main character lying in bed doing nothing. That's too long. For the record, a 30-minute, a regular 30-minute TV show. It's 22 minutes long. 22 minutes of content. So this was four minutes longer content-wise than a regular half-hour TV show. It's too long. It was unbelievably too long. Who did that? Like editing or something? And I was thinking about it because I was comparing this to the wedding episode, which was an incredible episode, and it was basically Jamie and Claire in a room, but they kept doing flashbacks. So they would be in the room... And they would connect, and then it would be a flashback to the wedding. Then they would be in the room, and it would be a flashback to how you know Ned and Murtaugh got the key and the ring and that dress. And so it kept taking us out of the room. But that was another problem I had with this episode. And when I watched it for the second time, because I I did like the first the first half of this episode, but as soon as they walked into that brothel room, I just like because I knew that we were never getting out. Like you're in that one set. For so long, and just watching Katrina Balfe lying in bed, whether she's kind of rolling around or not, like it's too, it's too much, it's too long. No, I know, and I've read, I read tweets online where I think it was Meryl Davis who tweeted out something like, "Oh, I can't believe I'm reading that some people are on their fifth and sixth viewings of the episode," and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's like something out of a Saw movie. That's like a torture. <laughs> no. That's that's literally not, it, like putting a mask on my face." It's not that with bad, but it, it is too six viewings. It's a long time to watch two people in a room. Like, it's, yeah. and with no sort of progression of plot or story in any way. Like, it, and I mean, again, they're great actors yeah. and they, and good for them for doing right. this scene. Like, both of them, come on. Totally. Anyway, speaking of going a long time, I right. think we should okay. so, shout on this um, enough. Ian Murray comes into the room because Jamie's gone. And he comes in, and he and Claire have a brief interaction. But I want to know what you thought of this character. Uh, th- so Megan had to explain to me who this is the baby, right? This so is the Megan baby. had to yeah. explain He's to me this years was old. right. This yeah. was Jenny's baby that was almost captured by the Redcoats, but in, you know, improbably made no noise in Jamie's arms, and then so now he's grown up. What do I think of this character? Not much. I mean, I don't know. Seems like a kid, Fergus 2.0. I don't know. So he did not like no lasting impression. Not that I can, except for the fact that when he found out who Claire was, you know, first of all, he asked if she was a magical fairy. And then when he had determined that she, in fact, was not, um, found it was super weird that she was around because there's obviously something else going on to make everyone feel super weird that Claire is like, I'm a wife now. And, uh, <laughs> and, and everyone's like, well, probably. 
got a little bit of news for you, and Claire is not picking up on any of it. I know. She is just oblivious. Maybe she's still a little shaken. She's so intuitive in some ways, but so oblivious in others. So just like... Okay, well, the reason I'm asking you about what your impression of Ian Murray was, was because this is a huge character. It becomes a huge character. He is a huge character. Like, would it surprise you to learn that this character? Well, is... don't spoil it for me. I don't want to. I don't, don't. It would surprise me to learn. Okay. There's very little of me to be interested in this show. Don't. Okay. Don't blow I anything won't. good. Let me okay, discover I it for myself, please. I will not Christ. That <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. I will. Don't not. tweet okay. it either to I, me. Just don't tell me. It. Okay. Not that anyone tweets us, but anyway. People tweet us. We've been tweeted. We have been tweeted. <laughs> Um, so Claire goes down to the main room of the brothel and sits down and starts talking to the other ladies who say... I kind of like this scene, actually. Did you really? Again, just because Claire is so oblivious, she's just like, I'm going to tramps down in my nightie a bunch of, run a bunch of whores and have a fried egg. It's like, what are you thinking? And they like, say, where are you? <laughs> and they say, you look like you're starving. And you were like, not according to Jamie. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> That's a weird, again, another weird line matchup there, but whatever. Matthew B. whatever. Anyway, and then, uh, yeah, no, it was a bit of a funny scene because they all think she's a prostitute and she gets felt up and told that even though she's old, she's still fairly good looking. And, yeah. uh, you know, they teach her some lessons on how to not get pregnant. And Dr. Claire's like, actually, yeah, and they were having none of it. Something. They're like, let me, let yeah. me tell you, we're whores. We know how to not have a baby. So, um, yeah. so she gets sent back up to her room by Madame Frenchie. We mm-hmm. don't know what her name is. We'll call her Madame Frenchie. That's fine with me. And uh, she walks but, back. Go ahead. Sorry, Madame Frenchie. See, this is where it was interesting and kind of throws back to when we first meet, when Madame Frenchie was like, you brought her here, is that Madame Frenchie sends her back up to her room. But I feel like Madame Frenchie's actually being a little bit protective of Claire. She's kind of like, why are you down here? I don't you, know if she's being protective, but she's like, you have no, this is you have no business being down here. Like, you do not belong well, down here. She made sure that Claire knew, like, was was trying to get her up there. But it was almost, you know, she could have, if she really didn't like her, she could have, you know, done something to embarrass her or make her feel uncomfortable or whatever. She just made sure she got out of there. She's like, well, bring your food up. You just get out of here. Well, I think that she did embarrass her and make her uncomfortable because she's like, who, who do you think you are sitting down here? I'll send the food up. And Claire's offended. She's like, no, it's fine. I've had enough. And she storms up. Like she does, yeah, maybe, okay, she does a fan Claire, but really? I, I, hear, I, I didn't, I didn't I hear, see her being a friend. I hear what you're saying that she, she could have been, she could have been ruder. Yeah. Um, so Claire walks in then on someone going through their room and then in a sort of annoying turn of events, the last scene is he's about to rape her. And then it goes cut to credits and you say, oh, Claire must be back in Scotland. And I just, I really wish that right. we be- could have ended on something else other than like a well, potential rape. It's a cliffhanger. It's well, because like, yeah, I mean, I, in season one, it seemed like literally every episode someone was trying to rape Claire. Yeah. And because they were. And and now it's kind of, I, I don't understand it. Like it's just, and I mean, maybe that's just how it was for women in old timey Scotland. Uh, but yeah, it, it just seems like Claire Randall can't, any man that comes around her that isn't Jamie just... Or, or a good guy just tries to rape her. So uh, we're back in that old trope again. Yeah. And then blissfully we cut to black. We cut to black. Okay, so. So. I have a theory. I could have made this episode a lot better. Yeah, you told me this. Or we were we were driving this morning, actually, and you, you started. Because there was this, a lot of stuff that I, I liked, and you said save it for I the said, podcast. I said save it for the podcast. I wanted, I, I wanted it to be fresh, so hit me with it. There was a lot you? of stuff I liked in this episode, but... We just needed we just needed a little bit of editing. That's yeah. all we need. That's 
all we need. Just cut it. Like, and I understand, like, you're giving us a supersized episode because it's the reunion that we've waited so long for, but I did not wait. I did not wait to watch someone unbuttoning someone's different layers for for seven and a half minutes. I didn't wait for that. I don't want to watch... I don't want to watch that. That's that is bad television. Yeah, I mean, I just is, we needed to edit it. We needed. Uh, I could have edited it. <laughs> you you could have edited it for sure. This is it was too long. There was no reason for it to have been. There was not one and a half hours worth of content in this show. And the thing that's frustrating, sure. not even the close. The thing that's frustrating is the book Voyager has a. T- of content and they only got 13 episodes and yet they spent a lot of one episode just slowly slowly undressing yeah and I mean this could have been one of those things where you know you say flashbacks like they could have done flashbacks to Claire coming through the stones or like all these things that they like that's another frustrating thing now in retrospect like we've spoken in previous episodes how I felt like they've glossed over so much stuff and then they just like bloat this episode with just boring I mean like I have nothing against sex scenes no, or nudity nor do or, I. Yeah, no, no. or any of that kind of stuff but this just the pacing and the the timing of it and the execution of it was just it was bad fun. like the attempted humor was way too far into the sex scene for it to be funny. Because no, but I like that. I liked when they cracked heads. That was funny. That yeah. was cute. I, yeah, but it, from a pacing standpoint, it was way too far into it to be effective. Like, at that point, you're just, like, waiting for something to happen. Yeah. You know, and, like, oh, my God, you're trying to cram a joke in here? Like, just get it done. You know, <laughs> like, we're eight minutes in. But I think you're right, actually. You made a really good point. If they could have just done flashbacks in between just oh. to give us a break from that room, like, like you said, like, flashback to Claire coming through the stones flashback to Jamie trying to find Claire at different points in his journey over the last 20 years and then bring us back to that room and make us feel happy again to be to be to have the reunion right instead yeah. of like the whole episode was I mean I guess somebody out there found this romantic but a I, lot of people like this episode yeah, there's I mean, a lot of viewers and I, I read some really good I mean I've read some very very positive reviews that say that Outlander knows its audience and that this was... Hey, that could be. Yep. I, I will never pretend to be Outlander's target demographic. Yeah. I will never even remotely pretend that that is where I am. Right. I am on... I don't know but where I am. I am the demographic. I don't even know if you are <gasps> the full... No, I don't even know if you're the full demo. Because I there's a lot of people out there that... And, there are people out there that love everything. I love Star Wars. Star Wars, in my eyes, can do... No. Even when it's garbage, I love it. Right. You know, garbage, yeah. day one, I'm there. I'm lining up. Even if I know it's going to be garbage, I'm there. And I don't care. Right. And it's uh, and there are people that are just as passionate about Outlander as people are about whatever. Uh, any yeah. other, yeah. you know... Uh, genre property right yeah. like and, and those people they don't they would have i'm sure there's people out there that would have watched that for three hours you know there's people out there yeah. that are watching that are on their fifth and sixth viewing and that's you know they they play to those people and good for you yeah because you know what that's your bread and butter and that's one that's going to keep you getting renewed and selling you books and all that kind of stuff so you know what it, you at least they picked a side you know, they didn't try yeah. and, and, I guess, please everyone. 
They certainly didn't please me, but they weren't trying to. They're trying <laughs> to please, you know, Outlander loyalists and that kind of thing. And I guess, you know what, from that standpoint, I can appreciate that, I guess. Do you have to make an episode of Unwatchable TV to do it? Maybe. Well, it wasn't Unwatchable, but it was long mm-hmm. at times. So my least favorite scene was the undressing for seven and a half minutes because I found it a little bit boring. What was your least favorite scene? I mean... You only get one. I can't even call it a scene. It's That was like a... It was just that whole part in that room, that like brothel room. It felt like a decade of my life. I know. Like, it that's, was long. It was so... Yeah. It was just... It was just... It was god-awful. Uh, favorite scene? Whew. Uh, favorite scene would have been... Maybe when we got to meet New Fergus. Yeah. Kind of like New Fergus. I feel like there's going to be some interesting stuff there. If I had to pick one, um, but but that's yeah, that, that that's about it. Okay, uh, my favorite scene was probably in the back of the print shop when they're going through the pictures, just because I was, really yeah, I was just so proud of Sam Hewen. Like, like I was up like, to the point where he pulled out the Willie picture, or even including that include that whole thing with Sam Hewen in the back with his glasses and the way he was kind of grunting and looking at the pictures. I just I love that scene because I I was like, good for you, Sam Hewen. You're this is a great scene for you. Yeah. You are playing 20 years older than you are. Here's what I'll say about Sam Hewen. Um, I dog Sam Hewen on this podcast a lot because in season one especially, he was not very good. I mean, I didn't think he was a very good actor. I thought um, Katrina Balfe, who I actually do think is a very good actor, just with some questionable material, uh, just blew him off the screen every time. I really think Sam Hewen has... has gotten a lot better i think so i mean too. i'm not maybe or maybe i've just gotten used to him i don't know but uh <laughs> no he's really good i've always thought I, he was very I'm, strong I, he's not really good but he's not at least now i it's i cringe less okay great um so mvp whoever knocked on that door to interrupt <laughs> the scene okay so yeah, MVP the stagehand number seven who knocked on the door <laughs> Okay. <laughs> to break up, to break yeah, up the monotony the first, the of the first AD. Scene. Okay. I don't know. MVP for me was Sam Hewen, obviously. Uh, loin points. Go ahead. Eighty-five. Eighty-five loin points, which for you is a, almost a fail. Is not, that absolutely? It's not a fail. Is I that, will watch this episode again. Of course you will. But I mean, the episode leading up to this, three hundred five. I think I watched three or four times before the podcast just to properly prepare. I watched this one twice. And I yeah, fast-forwarded some of the stuff. I almost, you know, I mean... Loin points. You gave it, it, the last one. I will remind you. And we've had some complaints from our listeners. I didn't give the last one. No, the last one. the last one. Three. No, that was the one. That was the second last one. Because remember I said if I had known. And I... Uh, but uh, either way, that, that kind of skewed everything. And it's just sort of... Hindsight is twenty twenty. God, if I had known what I was coming up to, <laughs> I'd like to be able to go back and re-rate... I almost want to give this honestly. I almost want to give this episode a not applicable. Not applicable. Like, okay, like we'll I feel that. like we'll I just do an NA. I just want to take you, an NA on okay. this. Like this right. is this is almost a non-episode for me. I just I couldn't even. It was, it was all I could do to make it through. But you I, know what? You did it, and I thank you. And on on behalf of all of our Loinlander listeners, thank we you. thank you for getting through this episode. Uh, well, to both of you, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. a wrap. That is a wrap. All right, well, I'll see you next week when hopefully we get more Fergus and less sex scenes. Well, and if you have any comments about this episode... 
Right, right. We didn't do the shout out. We yeah. Didn't. If, if, if you actually want to get a hold of us and tell me how awesome Megan is or how absolutely wrong I am, feel free to email us at loinlander at gmail.com or find us on the Twitter at loinlander. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Promise me I'll be back in time. Still recording. Bye bye. Gotta get back in time.